Yeah, come on, Javier. Let's launch us. Alrighty. So, uh, welcome everyone to the Skits Up podcast, which for the time being will be just the three of us, and that'll be just fine. So, let's say our welcome. So, Mr. Darren Weens, say hi. How's it going, eh? Hey, you have to make that A a bit harder, you know, stronger, more Canadian. Uh, you know, I'm also musical. It's the Canadian key of A. Ah, okay. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, and we're also joined by Frank. Frank, say hi. Frank, say hi. Awesome. Hey, Frank, you're, I, I feel like you're getting the, on, you know, I need more energy also. You, you're like, oh, Frank, say hi. I mean, what's up with that, man? Are you tired? Hey, man, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, taking criticism from Mr. Weens over here about keeping the the level at the same pace. So I'm looking at my audacity instead of the same where I usually do. And I'm trying to keep it somewhere between 24 and 18 where I feel comfortable. And, you know, so I'm I'm working on that, guys. So that's why I'm trying to keep it normal. But I can lose my shit really quickly. You should. And... I mean, you, you shouldn't go all Siri on us. All Siri? Yeah, oh. like a monotone voice. Yeah, you know... Um, I will. I will. I'll get excited. Let's get let's get pumped up here. Alrighty. It's only it's only ten thirty at night, and I've been up since six in the morning. But let's let's freaking rock it. Okay. Alrighty. So let's get started with this. So, um, well, how about we talk about uh, first of all? I think that the only one in the podcast that was able to attend what is the biggest event of the year of our hobby is Frank. So, Frank, would you be able to give us a rundown of the experiences of Fairchild? <sighs> Out of this world, just so great, you know, so many great moments, so many cool things happen, some huge tan outs, you know, not to sound, I'm going to kind of take, um, ring my own bell here, but I, I was a very, it was a very successful Urcha for both uh, XL Power and Maniacs. So Nick won first place in F3C, F3N, and in the Battle of the Brands. And the uh, the interesting part of it all that last year Urchis when I first approached Nick about coming in XL Power, so it really did make um really made really made this year really exciting and really special to see that the teams that you've been working with all year long and you know trying to groom and trying to get everything ready uh, did so great. Mark Greggs, he's also a team pilot for XL Power. He won the Queen of the Midnight Sun. It's like the amateur version of the King. So no, now gender specific, just quick, funny name. But yeah, he did great and he won that. So very excited about that. Had a great, had a great event. Great time hanging out with all my sponsors. Got to hang out with some that are not my sponsors that are really cool people regardless. Diego Drift Guys, Vincent, who's been on this podcast, threw an awesome party. You know, um, I'm not one to stand around and just wait for drinks, but I, I jumped into back in the bar with him and started helping him cut lemons and stuff like that and hanging out with those guys and just getting stupefied drunk. I don't know how I even got to the Airbnb afterwards. I think uh, I think someone dropped me off. I'm not sure who was it. I think it was Chris. And no, Chris was Saturday night. Who who, who was a Friday night? Oh, I don't remember, guys. No, it was it was Captain Rekit, dude. It was Captain Rekit. It was um, Ernie, the guy that flies with me on my field. Have you guys got to see any of the videos? 
I saw a little bit, but when did you actually first uh, show up? Wednesday afternoon. Okay. So that was before the Jamboree itself actually started. So you were yeah. able to watch some of the F3C stuff then too? Yeah, I tried. I tried, but uh, it was that was ending by the time I got there. I, it was in the after... It was in the late afternoon. Like we, we just got there and started setting up. So I had very little time to do anything, okay. any uh, fun stuff. Oh, so you were busy doing setup stuff then? Yeah, I was helping the Maniacs USA and Mikado USA and Scorpion get their stuff ready. Meeting with Scott to make sure that we had everything ready for the weekend. And trying to get all the team guys together and round it up so we can take team photos and prepare for... We had XL Power, had Power Hour at 10 in the morning, 10 or 11 in the morning, Thursday. I need to oh, wow. work on I need to work on that for next year. Yeah, that's kind of an early slot, isn't it? Yeah. But it was great. It was great. Nick put down such an awesome flight. Actually, I think... You, I don't know if you know him. Do you know Diego? Okay. He just got added to the XL Power team. He put on an amazing flight. He's so like old school smack, just pa pa. Like you can feel the blades every time he does his hard stops and really cool pilot. Yeah, they did an awesome flight. Keith uh, Williams put on an excellent, excellent flight on his V2. And I got Brandon Lee and I forgot who was the other person. I got one more, I'm forgetting them. God, I'm a horrible team manager. I need to work on that. <laughs> so that was my Thursday. And uh, Thursday, I got to maiden or me remaiden my V2 gasser that Doug built for me. Uh, there's more to come to that. To, more, to more of that to come at in, in the end of the episode because I got some stories to say. Well, okay. But how many, how many flights did you get on it? There? Two. Yeah. At Archer, yeah. Just two, yeah, just two. Okay. I flew my electric and my and my Nimbus more, so, just because I'm not used. To, I'm not used to it yet. So did he have the engine broken in for you already too, or did he? Yeah, yeah. He up? he has a stand for it, and he broke it in for me. Yeah, he got it all ready for me, and it was flying amazingly at Indiana. It really had a lot of power. It's just it's just a different machine, you know the the governor because being a gasser. And me still having to learn how to fly one very well, you know, because they're, they're, they're very torquey, but the head speed lags a little bit once you come off the head. So okay. you gotta, you gotta remember that. But the cool thing that it does, it gives you the superpower when you fly your electric because you got all that, you got power before. And then when you're flying the thing, I'm like, whoa, can't believe I can do this now. And it's because I was flying this fat on your power heavy for a while there. So I got to do that and got to fight Nimbus and it was pretty exciting. Went to dinner with, uh, got to meet Ralph from Mikado. Such a brilliant man. Like I can't say enough good things about him, man. Just really cool people. Got to meet a few guys from the factory, Mark and Alex, uh, Mikado factory pilots. Got to hang out with those guys a little bit. Really cool dudes. And Friday morning. We get to the to the field around eight thirty nine, you know, getting everything, and we have to go out and reset up everything, get all the all the all the product out for sales, and and I was a little that's was interesting doing that part. I wasn't 
I'd never done it before. I just learned something new, right? Yeah. And then I just spent uh, Friday uh, just messing around, trying to help some people out with some technical questions, helping Scott do some sales on the XL Power Booth slash Cajun Helis. Got to meet a lot of cool people that I've that I've never met before. Like I got to meet Sam from Heli Direct. Such an awesome guy, man. I really, I just think they're all of them, you know. He kind of asked me a long time ago to help him with torques, and you know, I've been flying for, I've been flying them ever since. So, great guy. You guys support support the brands that support people like the hobby and you know yeah. stuff. People like me and everybody else just go to them first. Try them out, man. They're it's a great hobby shop, and they're definitely they have a lot of the stuff going on, and it's great. So I got to meet Sam. I met Vincent. I got to hang out with those guys for a bit. I got to understand some of the issues that some of the drama that happened prior to Urcha with the F3C stuff and, you know, the winners of F3C. And that's just, that was an interesting level of drama. That's not something that was, uh, that I was prepared for. Okay, yeah, drama with the F- F3C. Yeah, so technically they the FAI they had all signed an agreement on the requirements to fly for the USA the USA team, right? Okay. And one of the requirements was like to compete in the Nats two years in a row or be uh, be an American citizen or compete in the Nats two years in a row. Right? And one of the guys that won it was not they didn't meet that criteria. So there was a oh. a lot of there was a lot of going on about that, but I think it got settled and it's just, you know, they have governing, there's a governing body for that. And the AMA president just decided to say, nah, don't want to deal with that. We're going to do it this way. And a lot of the competitors got very upset about it. So yeah, can he rightfully so rightfully so, right? If you, if you plan something, you know, you got to have to kind of live with it. You know, you make a decision. Yeah. You just don't, you just don't get, forget about the people that are part of the board and part of everybody that has to do with that whole FAI thing, which yeah, I didn't you know. Can't, you can't just go and change whenever you want. True. True. And so, so that happened. And then I got to hear the, the earful about that and the, that happened Thursday. That happened Thursday. So I'm going back. I'm trying to remember everything. I should have. So, I should have planned this. Planned so this better. Is re- who is going to represent the U.S. for the F, uh, for the Nationals this year or next year? Uh, like, I know. I know. I know two names for sure. I know Knob and Nick. I forgot the other people, and I'm sorry. I just don't follow F3C that much. Knob. Don't know who that Nob. is. Knob. Uh, Knob Muriaki. He flies. He's actually lives. He actually lives three hours away from me in Tampa. He he okay. he's actually the guy. Who, who heads up the F3C event at my at my field every year when I do oh, my okay. fun fly. So it's so, him and Nick that will be representing the U.S. I think there's two more, but I'm not sure. Is I'm just old? leaving it. I forgot the gentleman's name, man. He flies for uh, SAB. Okay. And then the F3N guys are Nick Maxwell, Jamie Robertson, uh, Cade. I don't know how to say his last name. And then Christopher Diamante as the set-in. That's the set in case something some, something goes wrong. So now I was surprised to see that Jamie Robertson had been has gotten back into it. I was uh, expecting to see that he was getting back into helicopters again. 
I uh, know, dude. It was so cool to talk to him. I I got to hang out with him a few years ago at uh, in Virginia, and it was a blast. He's he's a cool dude to hang around with and talk shit, and you know, just talk about the hobby and just everything in general. Yeah, it was really cool. He came in there and just like just put on an awesome flight and did well. And now he's going to be representing us next year. And he had some, he, he had some nice demo flights. He kind of, I think Bert got him to go fly one of his goblins and stuff like that. And he put on an amazing flight on it. So yeah, he came in after borrowing his friend's heli <laughs> and spending a day practicing. And then he just came in and got second team trials for F3N. So that's pretty cool. That's talent. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know how to, how you explain that. You know. Yeah. Uh, you can just. I think his fingers just know how, what to do. Um. Okay, so let's go back. So let's go back to Fridays. All right. So Friday, I, I got to spend a lot of time. Got hung out with well a lot of people from different manufacturers, which is really cool. Got to spend some time with my with my favorite old team manager, Uncle Ron. He always makes me. He always makes me very happy. He's a good dude. Hung out with Bert for a bit. Hung out with the guys from Heli Direct, uh, Jason Russell, Greg Alderman. Like I said, I've met Sam, the owner, for the first time. Really cool dude. And all in all, it was it was really cool day. Saturday was a little more intense. Oh, Friday night it was the no, that was that. Friday night was the party at at the Eco Drift tent. It was just out of this world. So cool and just so plastered I got. But I wasn't flying. Come Saturday, I get to the field. I'm a little I'm a little hungover, I'm not gonna lie. I go and get uh, a Papa John's pizza for breakfast because it's a uh, biscuits and gravy. And if you know me, you know I'm a huge connoisseur of the biscuits and gravy. Anything where multiple types of flour are being used, I'm down. It's good old fun food. So I got that. I was like, okay, I'm really good. Drank a couple of Gatorades. And, you know, got some flying in. Actually, I got to do a demo. I wasn't planning on it. And I usually don't get to do this. And I don't ever, I never thought I wanted to even do this. But I flew in the power hour for Scorpion, right? Oh, wow. And, yeah. And it was, I was, I thought there was something wrong with my helicopter. I kid you not. It's like, man, there's something wrong with it. And I was like, I didn't mess with it. And, you know, because it just, it was, it wasn't the helicopter. It was me. I was just so freaking nervous and shaking that I had this twitch in my, in my flight the entire time. <laughs> but I got through it. It was the longest three minutes of my life. I did some flying around, did a couple of pyro flips. I even did a blade stall auto. Nice. Uh, and yeah. It, and it wasn't intentional. Don't get shit wrong. I fucked up the originato <laughs> that I was going to do. <laughs> and when I started seeing the blades, like, dead stop, I'm like, oops, might as well start this up. And everybody there just went, wow. And it was cool because I got to finish it up with a second auto that actually was done correctly. So I enjoyed it a lot more. So, nice. yeah, the first time and hopefully, hopefully it would be the last, you know, I enjoyed that and but it was definitely a, a cool experience. And the irony of it is that nobody got in a video except for one person on, on YouTube. And they're, they're, they're look like they were a mile away and it's sideways. So very oh. frustrating, very frustrating. I'm like, what kind of amateur hour are we doing here? People? Yeah, really? 
But I'm glad that's that's there's the only exi- the only uh, evidence of it is me talking about it on the podcast that people were there and this very weird sideways video <laughs> on YouTube. You're gonna you need to you're gonna need to send us a link to that YouTube video. Post it on. The nah, it's all right. You can find it yourself. <laughs> spend 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 the couple the the five ten minutes me scrolling through urchin videos to find this one. Okay, Javier, uh, that's your job. You got to go and find that video on YouTube. <laughs> if I would, if it was a goblin, I'm not doing that for an extra power. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I'm not going to oh. argue with it. It doesn't. It doesn't even. It doesn't even matter. But so that was that. That went through. That was exciting. Then we had the shit i missed something else friday friday let's go back to friday real quickly i got to host the um, the urcha auto contest sponsored by maniacs uh forget the plug guy forget the plug but they gave a bunch of stuff out and the winners the real winners were raja and mitch morosa and mitch beat raja which is which is you know nothing against raja but anytime someone beats him at doing what he's known for i, I can really appreciate them and then the other three, those guys were professional, so we didn't give them prizes. But the other guys, my buddy Max from Texas, super nice guy, super great guy. You know, he got he came in, f- in first autoing his Protos 800, which he says the auto's really good. I'm like, man, 800. That's uh, you must have the blade. You must have the the blade must help the extra uh, blade size. But yeah, he did great, and a few other guys did that. Mark Fedorov, who's a who's a pilot for Pulse and an SAB, actually got second or third place, and he gave us he gave up his prize because he flies for Pulse and he couldn't get anything from Maniac. So it was really really cool of him. And I want to bring this up. That's a good that's a that's a good dude, man. That's a really good dude. And if you ever have a chance to hang out with him or do some flying with him, do it, man. It's definitely worth it. He's definitely a very talented pilot, and he's just all around pretty decent dude. So we got that. So auto contest, Scorpion Power. Okay. And then, 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 at, right at the very end of Urcha, almost the very end of Urcha, we have the Mikado and Maniac's Power Hour, right? And I kind of had a plan where I would get a few guys, I, I was going to get a few of the guys that were competing in the Battle of the Brands. And let them go first, right? So they can get out and, and kind of have some fun. Because we were supposed to go in the second half of the hour. Because Mikado, uh, Germany was taking care of the first half an hour with the Logo 200 Super Trainer, whatever it's called. Um, and a few flights from Mark and Alex, right? Okay. But uh, things changed, and we were in the first half an hour. So I was like, I was, I, I was thinking, I still, ha- I still had another like forty-five minutes to half an hour to go before I start getting get, getting the guys wrangled. But my entire team was like ready to go there, and it was they put on. I brought Ernie out first because AJ's girlfriend made him some panties with the Maniacs logo on the back. <laughs> and it was and he wore it with a cape and it was just such a cool like he completely lived up to it and you know i nicknamed him captain reed kid because he's killed more helicopters than i think my entire club combined in the time that it's been around which is a long time ernie has done that in two years ernie has killed more helis than anyone i know 
So I, I nicknamed him Captain Rickett. But he put on an awesome flight, and then he drove it in, inverted in an inverted auto into the ground, and then he went and picked it up, and the heli was still good. So he went out and did another auto, proper auto, just to make sure that it got done. And Young Bing Lee and uh, Rasmus, they flew in it too, being maniacs pilots from Europe and Asia. They did amazing, so talented, so, so good, just so good. AJ flew flew a tandem with with Stacy, with Kyle, and within the first 15 seconds, he put the helicopter in. And then and then Kyle just played with him the, whole, the entire time there. And then the last pilot, which was actually an announcement that was about to happen, that um, uh, Burke Cameron has officially joined the Maniacs USA team. And he uh. came in. Yeah, he came in. <laughs> And within a minute, you know, and it's funny because, you know, Bert always jokes around, I'm getting old, I'm this, I'm old. Just a bunch, just like complaining, ju- just trying to make justifications, right? And I always kind of like, I always say, you're full of shit, you know? And, you know, we speak Spanish to each other, so you can see the the language gets very um, lively when we speak to each other in Spanish because cussing in Spanish is so much easier than trying to do it in English. And it just flows better. Um, so... And we had this whole bit where me and Kyle, I was like, I go up to Kyle with the mic. I was like, hey, Kyle, dude, we still have time for one more. Who do we get? And he's like, I got this. And he picks up his phone like he's calling Bert. And then you see Bert walking out to the stage, uh, which was really, really cool. It really did. Um, it was a really cool moment for Maniacs USA, the brand, you know, Urcha. Just, you know, and he had been with it. I'm not going to say his past sponsors because... Not in about that life, but he was with his last sponsors for like six to eight years. And, you know, it's very cool that, you know, the guy that I, one of the first teams that I started flying for when I got in, when I got the opportunity to be a rep for them, you know, uh, was him. And now, you know, he flies for one of the teams that I manage. So pretty excited about that. And, you know, I'm going to get to spend some, uh, we're going to, we've been talking about what to do for, uh, the extravaganza, which is this upcoming weekend. And so be on the lookout for some really cool videos. Cool. And so that being said is I get to, I get to, you know, I was talking about earlier about bragging about, you know, Excel power and maniacs doing so well. So, you know, like you can say that Nick won all of Urcha and, you know, the three <laughs> biggest, the, he won three out of five contests and he only competed in three of them. So yeah, he got first place in those and, you know, maniacs did great with young Bing Lee getting second in battle of the brands and Kyle Stacy getting third, you know, it just, just talks about how cool it is that two years ago, no one knew about this brand. And in two years, we've took the entire podium at battle of the brands at Urcha, you know, it's been longer than and Nick fl- years, hasn't it? No, it's, you know, I started on, I started the team and no, me and Brian started the team in January of 2021. Okay. But XL power had been around before then people knew. About no, XL power, but I'm talking about maniacs. Yeah. Oh, maniacs. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking, I thought you were talking yeah, about yeah. XL power. Okay. No, 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 no. XL power had been around that. before the, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was really exciting for me. It was a kind of a moment of saying, Hey man, you know, the hard work and talking people's ears off about it. You know, and trying not to be annoying, but being annoying. But yeah, super excited, super happy about it. It was great. 
Like I can't, I can't. And I mean, and I'm going to take a moment actually, you know, this is going to, this is not going to, you can send the hate mail to me, you know, uh, on that one is that I want to take the time to thank the Urcha board, man. You know, there's a lot of shit that they had to deal with this weekend and that event took, um, takes a toll on somebody. I could just imagine trying to run that place and keep it all running and everything mm-hmm. and good place. And they had to deal with the, that additional drama on the, that was created by, um, people. I'm just not going to just talk about that because it doesn't, I didn't want it on the hangout. I'm not, and I don't want it on the, on the, on this podcast, you know? So that being said, is thank you guys so much. Uh, Wes, Tim, Dan, thank you guys for all the work you guys do. And, you know, setting up this big event where you have people from all over the world coming to it to celebrate this great hobby of ours. Cool. Cool. Was so that what would you an, call that your guy? absolute total highlight? Like uh, what, was, absolute... what was definitely the the peak for it for you? Hmm. I would say Nick winning Battle of the Brands, but I, I kind of felt that he... he he was going to get it. Yeah. Like he just owns that event. There's just, it's hard to, it's hard to challenge him on that event. He just owns it. The auto contest was probably my highlight because this is something that I always, every time, ever since I started uh, flying for maniacs, every time I take batteries to a fun fly to give away, I usually talk the CD into letting me do an auto contest. Cause I just think it's the one thing that just most people can do. You know, mm-hmm. most people that fly can shoot autos and, so I was like, yeah, so I like getting people involved and I, and I like competition. I think competition, it gets, brings a lot of joy to people and mm-hmm. spectators like it too. So I think that would be almost far, but, um, getting to talk to Gorgon for Gorgon is the, one of the owners of Mikado USA, Brian and Gorgon. And I think there's, there's one more person, but I, I don't know his name. I haven't met him yet, but, um, getting to talk to him about all the things from the hobby before me and during me and the, the challenges and the successes he's had with Mikado USA. So it was really, that was really cool too. And get, watching him get his first speeding ticket. Cause he was just fucking it <laughs> on the van. Definitely. I felt bad. He's like, this is my first speeding ticket ever. I'm like, Dude, take it to take take a clinic and you'll get that resolved. Don't worry about it. You know, don't lose sleep over it. Oh, okay, okay. Just he's a good dude. Yeah, that would be those those three are probably the the biggest highlights for me. Oh, and having Burt coming out on the Maniacs demo uh power hour was really cool. What was the pilot turnout like? You know, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I never attended Urcha back in this heyday where it was just hundreds and hundreds of people. I think there was f- between 350 and 400. I'm not sure. But the, f- uh, which is, in my opinion, is fine. You know, it, it's not as exciting and it's not as profitable for some of the vendors that are on there, you know, so I wear, I, I'm concerned about it as far as from a business standpoint and stuff like that. But in general, I think it was great. There was a lot of great flying. There was flight stations were always filled. You know, there wasn't a big demand. Like you got to a flight station, you probably had to wait one or two flights before you could fly, which is perfect for me. Generally pretty, pretty good. I enjoyed it. 
cool. What a, so, I mean, I've never actually been to Urza, right? So uh, I'm curious about some of this stuff, but what about the, the vendor turnout as well? Was, was that, uh, were, were there vendors that you were kind of hoping would show up that didn't show up? And did you feel that there was a decent number of vendors out there too? Well, I got to see the guys from Miniature Air and those guys are always awesome. You know, they're, they're really cool. Got to go shopping at Heli Direct. And not have to worry about shipping it. Got it right then and there, which is really, <laughs> which is really really cool. And Buddy RC was around. Oh, okay, dude. Those M ones and M twos, every OMPs, everybody was flying those things, man. I almost thought about buying another radio so I can fl- I can fly it, so I can get one of those and fly it. But I'm like, I know what's gonna happen. It's just like when I get an Oxy. I love the Oxy threes. My favorite micro rob please don't fire me if you hear this okay but i get about 10 to 15 flights with it and then i'm like eh. and it's like i gotta fly something bigger these little things don't count don't don't work for me much anymore so i i agree i don't like small helis i've got an oxy too and for yeah. a small heli it's a fantastic little heli the best small heli mm-hmm. i've ever flown but yep i have time, one to you it's still a small heli and you can't auto and it just it just the sound makes you weird and man i don't know what is what is up with these m2s and m3s and the logo 200 i can't get over the the tailed motor yeah i just cannot get over it it just feels so weird to me and it feels like like the quad is around me like i'm gonna get hit with a quad when those things are flying I, so I have, the only reason I have my Oxy two is for indoor flying. Here in the winter time, we do have a gym. Uh, we often rent out a gymnasium, and uh, then we go fly our, our our stuff in the what, in the gym. What's this winter thing you're talking about? I don't have yeah, that issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. We actually here, you know, we get this interesting stuff. It's kind of white colored, and it falls. We have the sky we, in the winter time. And it's well, really we have that. Cool. We, we ha- it makes everything look nice and pretty and white, and it's really fun. I like it. We have that too. It's called cocaine in, in, in South Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I did. Yeah, uh, you didn't see that one coming, huh? Okay, no, I did not um, see that one coming. <laughs> uh, but uh, actually. Out yeah. here where I live right now, I mean, most winters, actually, we don't get a whole lot of snow. It's pretty much just miserable wet rain, <laughs> and it just oh. sucks the life right out of you. And so it's kind of nice to get in a gym with your buddies every once in a while and just go and play around with the with small helicopters. As much as I don't like small helicopters, they have their place, and their, their place is in a nice little gymnasium in the wintertime. I used to fly my Logo 200 in my, not, not my Logo 200, my Oxy 2 in the my front yard, right? Yeah. Because I could charge like three packs and like burn like 15 minutes of time and kind of come and like I remember doing it Saturdays because Saturdays I'm, I'm with my daughter all day by myself here. And even though she's getting bigger and stuff like that, you know, still there's some challenges that happen, so... When my wife gets home, I'm like, I run outside. They're still like good, and I'll fly it. And and if I walk like a house and a half away from me, there's this big street light, and I could fly that at night there. And that was a hoot. That's always been a hoot for me to fly at night. Uh, the little the little oxy two, but I sold it. I traded. It, I think I traded. I traded it for something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's about that's about uh, it for me, far as Urcher goes. 
Kind of want to talk about one more thing, man. So remember the gaster I was telling you guys about how great it was flying and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, I completely forgot everything that I ever learned about combustion engines, you know. And, you know, oh, no. and I fly, yeah, and I fly here in, um, in, in South Florida. Granted, it's hotter, though, uh, the la- altitude is lower. So I felt like I had to do changes. And I'm like, eh, you know what? <laughs> let me, let me go in, uh, an eighth of a turn, right? So an eighth of a turn on a gasser, it's like a full turn on a nitro or a half turn on a nitro. It's pretty aggressive. And because the first fly fluid, it had, there was just, it wasn't, it wasn't feeling good. It wasn't doing well. And yeah, so I go in this eighth of a turn, go fly it. And I'm like, okay, not the power's still not right. I wonder what the issue is. And as I'm saying that to myself, I hear pop and the engine seized. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> yep. So I pretty much blew up a four flight old. OBR 310. I thought these gassers were supposed to be more user-friendly than a nitro. They, they are, but I'm just... The the level of stupidity on, in, that I've dealt with in that moment could not be measurable by uh, human tools alone. <laughs> like, this was astronomical. Like, you need to look at the... <laughs> one of those new, new scopes that they use to see into the uh, deep, deep galaxy. Yeah, there you can measure how stupid I truly was when I did this, right? That's and especially awesome. that I'm, I'm like, I'm talking to Doug, and he's like, "But you really no power?" I'm like, "It just doesn't feel right," you know. He's like, "Yeah, try going in," you know. Like, awesome. He's like, "No, I wouldn't do that." And of course, I didn't listen to him. I went in and did it, and yep. Yeah, and then I'm, I was like, hey, dude, my motor just turned off in the air. He's like, it's like, did you run out of fuel? I was like, nope. See if you can start it. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll dick around with it later. He's, he calls me. He's like, hey, did it start? I was like, oh, I haven't even tried it yet. You should check that. Very, in, a, in, a, in a very serious Doug Darby voice, which it doesn't come out often unless you, dis, you do something stupid and he's going to teach me a lesson, which he's done that a few times already. So I'm very blessed to have uh to have him, he um, and I go start it, and the start it does like a quarter turn and uh, stucks. I'm like, he's like, it doesn't start. He's like, yeah, pull the the plug and the pipe when you get home, because I didn't know that I needed like to have a whole different set of tools for a gasser, right? So, but I had the stuff at home, and the man I pull it off, uh, pull the um, the pipe off. You can just see, like, it seems like someone took a, like, a knife to the side of the piston. And it's just jagged as hell. <laughs> so, you know. so, in, so, in truly frank fashion, you know what I did? Uh-oh. Went to Heli Direct and order another motor. <laughs> <laughs> and had it shipped to Doug? No, I'm gonna have I'm gonna ship it to Doug after I get it, so he can do the break in and do a little a few mods that he does to it for me, which is pretty nice. Oh man, you know, and you're not making me have any interest in gasser, you know, dude. This is this is a freak accident. It happens to everybody, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's just it. That's not freak if it happens to everybody. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't happen <laughs> to anybody. It could have, you know. And it was just. 
I got too cocky and I should have been like, all right, let me listen to the gas or God over here instead of me trying to figure it out the way we do it with a nitro, which, you know, thinking about it is the hotter it gets, the more fuel they need. So that's why it was running like shit and it wasn't burning enough gas. So yeah, it just took me sitting down and thinking about it for it to hit me like a ton of bricks. It's the only thing I could imagine. It's like being at a bar and being slapped by a chick and get a drink, drink thrown in your face. That was my reaction when I started thinking about it. I was like, <laughs> man, that's stupid of me. But then I wrote an email to the guys from OBR, and those guys are really good, man. The O'Neill Racing Brothers. Mm-hmm. O'Neill, O'Neill Brothers Racing. They're the, they're the ones who make the motor for carry. Yeah. And I spoke to one of the techs there, and he's like, yeah, it's going to run you about 300 bucks to repair. I'm like, shit, that's, that's a discount. I was expecting to buy a bunch of parts for it. I was like, no, no, that's what it usually takes. That's at the worst case. It could be a lot less than that. So here's hoping to, for it to be a lot less than that. Cool. But I'm I'm well more than okay with the with it being that right now. Yeah, they're big in one fifth scale cars too. So yeah, uh, got some good. I'm getting some goodies in. Hopefully, sometime this week, I'm getting all the parts to convert all three of my V2s into V2 Nick Maxwell editions. So I'll have all the fancy black parts and all the cool redesign parts on it on my machines. Hopefully. This, if they get here quick enough, this week. But probably, I'm thinking it's going to happen next week. Cool. So, yeah, that's about, know, Bobby, that's about it. Think, does listening to Frank's story make you want to go and buy a gasser engine? No, not at all. Nothing fuel-related, no. No, but I, but I did hear a rumor that there was a, uh, you know, talking about these XL powers, I heard a rumor that there was a, an XL power that lifted up on uh, northern Canadian shores. So um, can you tell us something about that, Darren? Have you heard anything about it? I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. Nobody saw me. Can't prove anything. <laughs> you can't so prove did, anything? Did, well, there's did actually you proof. There's, there's, there's videos on YouTube, actually. <laughs> yeah. So there is Yes. Proof. Yes. I made the the V two. Yeah, it's. I like it. It. I don't have my Theta servos yet. Okay, so uh, you want the Thetas? Okay, good, good. You they're they're on their way. But our wonderful cross border shipping is doing its usual thing, and I probably won't have my servos for another at least two weeks, maybe even longer. Which means, I, you know, I got the thing at the beginning of August and I'm sitting here going, okay, I'm getting really tired of waiting for these stupid servos. And I have these MKS servos sitting here that still work good. And I have everything else I need for it. I'll start building. Maybe the servos will, you know, maybe I'll hear something about the servos. This was, this was before I ended up getting a date yet on the servos. And figured, well, I'll, I, and then, well, actually before that, before I even started that, I do have some other bad news. Unfortunately, my wonderful Canadian paint job scale heli has crashed. Uh, what did you do? Did it fail? Nope. It was just plain old ordinary dumb thumbs. Ah. Uh. 
How can you I dump just... some scale heli? Don't you fly those like sport? I just zigged when I was when I should have zagged. You know, there's a there's a move where I believe full full size helicopters uh, are supposed to learn how to do this too. But you're the helicopter's flying in a straight line, but while it's flying in a straight line, it's pirouetting as well. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling trying to keep it at a consistent speed on that flight. It just doesn't didn't want to, you know. I just wasn't, it, and it wasn't anything to do with the helicopter. It just was me not not doing the the stick in the right way. And I was mm. fighting with that and not really paying attention to what else I was doing. And all of a sudden, I just pushed the cyclic hard in the wrong direction and just slammed it into the ground. Oh, that sucks, man. I'm so sorry. And that bummed me out because as much as I, you know, it's it's not, you know, it's an MD-500 and the MD-500 was never really my favorite scale fuselage. But at the same time, I really actually enjoyed flying that helicopter. <laughs> so, yeah. So it really kind of bummed me out. And I actually still, I took it home and I haven't looked at it since, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it, it's, is it fixable? Yeah, I think it's fixable. The The only real issue is it's a funky fuselage. Okay. And the windows are broken. And I'm going to need new landing gear. I can't just repair the landing gear. That needs to be replaced. And the only place that I currently know of for getting fun key parts is from a company called Jet Tech in China. And Jet Tech right now is refusing to ship to North America. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I'm not quite sure why, but apparently they are refusing to ship to North America, I'm told. Because uh, a good friend of mine from my club also tried ordering from them about a month or so ago, and that's what they told them. They said they're not they're not shipping to North America right now. I do have another buddy of mine that might be able to get me parts directly from Funkey. I have not actually tried talking to him yet because I'm still kind of dis- disappointed in that I crashed the helicopter in the first place. Mm-hmm. But doing that as well. You know, I always like to make sure I go to the field with a minimum of two helicopters, preferably three or more. Yep. And Great strategy. that just meant that I only was down to my, pretty much my logo. Other than, I do have the Yardbird and a, and a T-Rex 550, but that T-Rex 550, I really only use it for buddy boxing because I don't really like flying small helicopters. And my Yardbird, as much as I do enjoy flying it, you know, I'm always a little nervous flying it now. So Understood. It was getting down to, it's like, well, I've only really got one helicopter. So that sort of also kicked my butt in gear and said, okay, I need to go and build, get the, the V2 up and running. And so I started building it last week. And I did a little bit here and there as the evening went. And then the weather this weekend just, it actually ended up being better than what the weatherman predicted. But the weatherman was calling for a bunch of rain on Saturday. So me and my friends, we decided, well, then we're going to go to the field on Sunday. Because normally Saturday is our flying day. Mm. And we figured, okay, well, we'll go out to the field Sunday afternoon then. So Saturday I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go marathon and finish the build. And I did it. I got the helicopter finished at about 7 o'clock on Saturday evening. And uh, Sunday... <laughs> So Sunday morning, I, w- I go to church every Sunday and I loaded up my helicopters before church, loaded them all up into the truck and headed over there. And then as soon as that was out, finished, 
I ran out the door basically and stopped at a fast food drive place on the way out and headed to the field. And Very cool. Got uh, got it made. The helicopter, well, I did get the maiden flight on video. Nice, nice. And it just picked up, you know, a couple feet off the ground and just sat there perfectly level. I'm like, yes! <laughs> it just, and I did a few pitch pumps and did a few circuits and I'm like, okay, this is feeling good. So next thing I know, I started doing a few loops and a few rolls and a few TikToks. And I'm like, yeah, this is feeling really good. <laughs> and that was still That's on the awesome. very first flight. And that is yeah, awesome. I was that is... uh, pretty happy. It flew really well. So cool. We'll see. And then, uh, so. Yeah, I did that one, and I did another one, and I actually put the canopy on the second time and pushed it a little bit harder. And then after that, I went through all the nuts and bolts. I will say this. There are a lot of bolts and screws on that helicopter. No way. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would say I would say it has more than my more nuts and or bolts and screws than my logo has or my T-Rex 800 had. It just, no yeah. way. Yeah, no I way. think so. I think so. No but way. It's, it's a well-designed helicopter. I'm not going to say it's a poorly designed helicopter. I was impressed. I really like the damping, damper system. You know, okay. it, uh, most of the other helicopters that I've built, the logo is the worst. Trying to go and assemble the head with the damper, dampers. Oh, I, the helicopter flies great. I hate the damper system in that logo. Okay. Whereas this one was, the, Raw has come up with a great design for for how the dampers work. I really like it. It was so easy to build, uh, easy to assemble, and it went in nice. Mm-hmm. I like how the how beefy that main shaft is and the feathering shaft is. Yeah. I, I really like that. And, yeah, the whole helicopter flew really well. It was, yeah, it just picked up. So now I just, I did it. I ended up doing five flights on, the, on Sunday with it on the... Flight number four, I actually got that one on video as well. And you can see just how, for, especially for people that know my flying style and seen my flights, I was really comfortable with it. At fourth flight, was pretty much almost close to my normal routine. The only thing I didn't do is I did keep it a little bit higher than I normally do. Other than that, it was pretty close to what I normally do for flying. I, I felt that comfortable with it already. And I still have a little more tuning to go with it. And of course, you know, with the new cert, when the new servos show up, then I'll have to, uh, you know, do a little bit more tuning again on it. But for yeah, sure, for I sure. was pretty, pretty happy. It flew really well. And I took it back home now on Monday night after work. I went and took a look to make sure all the screws are good and tight. I did find two screws that I forgot to put Loctite on, but. One was a screw that holds the front canopy mount on, not the okay. end of the world. And the other one was, uh, oh, that very front brace that goes across one of the screws there for that front brace was, I forgot okay. to put Loctite on. So that was it. Other than that, every screw is still nice and tight, solid, and everything feels really good. So. What did you, what did you think about the, I'm asking this question because this is my favorite part of the helicopter, you know, the boom mount. 
how you can time them just enough where you can set the tension of the belt. Like you, you can all do it by yourself if you if you take your time. Mm-hmm. But well, that once again, tension- there's, there's a lot of screws on that to go and tighten that boom mount. <laughs> it's all, only from one side when you're to yes. tighten the boom down. Yes, it is all on the one side, at least. But it is it does seem like a lot of screws. Okay. Other than that, it's really cool. I, here's a question, though. Where do you go and check the belt tightness? Because I did hear a little bit of belt slap on it. And the belt felt... It, 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 the tail felt really good and solid, so I wasn't worried about it tilt, tipping or you know slipping. Uh-huh. But it did hear a little bit of belt slap every once in a while. Not regularly, but every once in a while. And do you get a little bit out on yours, or and how uh, do you, ver- you ver- various? So I always check the the, the tightness at the back. If okay. and if the two can't touch, then you're good. Okay. Like if you put if you if you come if you come if the boom is all the way in, you can touch the belt, and that's where I think yeah. most of you. And you know it really depends on how tight you like to run your tail. You know, it's not like you're yeah. gonna lose it, but some and people just I prefer it. And I don't like my belts too tight because I do like to do a lot of autos. And, you know, mm-hmm. they do usually auto a little bit nicer if you have the belt a little bit looser, right? But I, then at the same time, I don't want slapping too much either. So, yeah. So I'm always, I prefer to, I prefer to run it tight as possible and just learn to shoot better autos, man. <laughs> <laughs> or get, or, you know, get some good bailout. You know what I like your- to do? I like to do a lot of the really low or really slow floating autos. I do too. And to do that, a looser belt really does help. That's one That's one thing where I miss the torque tube. One thing I loved about the torque tube is it, it felt a little bit freer. And for long, slow floating autos, it, was just, it just felt easier to. Not that I can't do it with a belt. It just felt easier to do with a torque tube. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I I she's I just doing toward the wind and you know I yeah. I like the slow ones, but I've been I've been getting I've done a few already. They haven't been the best, but I've done some inverted autos. Yes, I'm not coming. I'm not coming all the way down and dismounting on the ground. Uh, I kind of okay. roll I roll like maybe twenty feet off the from the ground. I rolled I rolled it over, mm-hmm. and then come in for the auto then. But yeah. yeah, I can't do the ones where you're. It's like an overspeed into you, just so you can uh, pop it and land it. Nah, I'm okay. I'll keep doing it my way until I get a little more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't tried any inverted autos with this one yet because I can do inverted autos. I have not cool. tried any inverted autos with the X with the V2 yet. So cool. I did do my last flight of the day on Sunday. I did do a rolling auto. So I, cool. you know, put 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 it down, or you know, took it up and shut the motor down, and then did a full uh, full roll. But I have not tried an actual inverted auto with it yet. I I will yet. I just want to I want to get a few flights more out of it before I you know before I risk that. <laughs> what blades are you running? I'm running Rotortech seven tens. Okay, good, good, good. Big blade. Yeah, and then I've got the you know the Eagle Drift forty five twenty five. 515 mm-hmm. and i actually put the stock pinion on i i do have a uh the 10 tooth but i kept i put the stock 11 tooth on it just to start off with and looking at my i'm running about what did i end up with on saturday i think 
So far, I'm sitting at 1840 on the head speed. Okay. And my throttle settings and whatnot on the V-bar uh, telemetry and whatnot actually look pretty good for that uh, for that head speed. Uh, you know, a couple times it did hit 100%, but that's fine. And it looked okay. like it actually was holding head speed for, very well for what I do. And yeah, it looked like it was, it actually looked like it was geared pretty good. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much the highlight of and low light of my uh, last little while. I've been uh, the only other one is I had uh, a few weeks ago. I got together, wanted to go flying, and for some reason, most of the guys in my club all decided they didn't want to fly that day, and so I got to actually it was a, he he got a hold of me, a buddy of mine by the name of Colin. You Frank, you know who that is, Colin RC. Yeah. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, he says I can't fly at my field this week because we got an event, glider event happening." He says, "Can I come join you?" I'm like, "Yes," and the two of us just ended up being the two of us at the field all day for a couple weeks ago. Man, would we ever have a good day? It was just really? a lot of fun to sit and visit with Colin and uh, and fly and visit and fly and you know he took he was kind of forced to take a little bit of a uh, a short-term break from the hobby, not because he wanted to, kind of was forced to. And this okay. year, he is back into it 110%. In fact, I got a text from him just before we started recording. He did 20 flights today. Ooh, <laughs> we should get him on the podcast. I've already asked him. Okay. Good, 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 good. If you, good. If you guys are interested, we'll make it happen. Because Colin's a, Colin is a really cool guy, and he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot of crap. So. For sure. Yeah. So awesome that's dear, probably awesome the, about the gist of it for me. I have been flying and uh, trying to think what else there is. I mean, I've been doing a bit of fishing too, but this is not a fishing podcast. Oh, no. No. Why did you say Right, that? Javier? <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> you want me to get started with the new segments? Yes, please do. <laughs> Go for it. Well, there's a there's a new there's going to be a new segment on the podcast because I have done nothing related to helicopters at all. So um, I spent the last ten days in Mexico. So we can start a new segment called "Traveling with Javier," where um, <laughs> where I can uh, where I can share with you the wonders of uh, of the trip. To be honest with you guys, I I just have to get it out of my chest because it was it was amazing. It was amazing. There are so many things that I didn't know in my own country that existed, and and I was I was amazed. You know, the first thing I went to to Mexico to visit some family there on the uh, state of Yucatan, where which uh, you know most people know Cancun. You know, that's the, the same state where where Cancun is. But we went more kind of like in the middle of the state. And we went to first to a place called Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza is a, um, one of the new seven wonders of the world. And I, you know, it's amazing to learn why. Well, you, 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 well, I was not familiar uh, as well with, you know, Mayan culture as a whole, but 
you know, they had a big deity which is based on a um, on a bird called the Quetzal. So the Quetzal makes a very specific noise, kind of like, you know, different types of birds, you know, how the different noises that they make. The, uh, you know, you have to take into mind, into account that this place was built around 1400 years ago. Wow. So um, the, 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 the wonder of this is that if you stand at a certain place and you clap, the echo of the clapping travels through the top, through the pyramid to the top. And the acoustics, you know, on that time are designed to bounce the echo of the sound of the clap. And there's scientific studies that match the sound signature of that echo with with that of the quetzal. So if you clap, basically you can hear a quetzal chirping on the top of the pyramid, which is mind-boggling. Hmm. Um, the other the other detail on that pyramid, it's oriented perfectly so that on the equinox, the corners when the when the sun when the sun sets, the corners of the um, of, of the pyramid project triangles on each of the you know on on where the where the edges meet. And the light starts traveling down and it looks like a serpent that moves through the pyramid down until it uh, lights up the, the, the end, which is the head of the of the snake, which is the you know feathered snake, which is based again on the deity of the, of the Quetzal. Then the building itself, well, the pyramid itself is the, the, the and, and you might know about this, Frank, you know, the, 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 the foundation for it is basically a cenote. So it the the, ba- the 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 it's it sits on top of a big pile of water basically, but it's engineered in a way that fourteen hundred years after it has not moved an inch, you know, with 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 the foundation full of water basically. So they they designed it so that the, so that the pillars of the foundation were built well enough to withstand that which again is mind-boggling. And uh, and the overall structure of the um, of the pyramid how it's built it's all mathematics and it recounts how the how the Mayans saw the calendar. So it basically, you know, if you count the steps and if you just count the sides and if you count the little carvings, you know, and you and you make them <laughs> you make the math you end up with you know <laughs> the whole calendar of the Mayans, so you know it's it's an amazing feat of engineering that that you know done so long ago that I was very impressed by. Then they had these. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, with the ball game. You know, with the ancient ball game that they that that the Mayans played. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it once or twice. Yeah, yeah, seen the videos. So Chichen Itza has the biggest, you know court you might say where they played this game um it's uh, longer than a football field it's like 150 yards and the idea was that the ruler sat on one end of the court and when he spoke he wanted his voice to be heard all the way down to the other side of the court so again engineering acoustics of this place project the sound to avoid the echo so that you can hear your voice clearly on the other, all the way on the other side of the court. Wow, which, nice! Which hmm. again is mind-boggling. I mean, 
the level of engineering in acoustics, engineering, architecture, civil engineering, everything from that time, you know, is amazing. It's amazing. So it was, it was great to see. Then there's another set of ruins called Uxmal, which, you know, a lot, the Mayans had like five main cities from Guatemala all the way to Mexico. And another big city is Uxmal. So we went to Uxmal at night. And at night they have this special show where they, first they light up the pyramids, which looks amazing. But then I don't know which technology they use. They project video onto the face of the pyramid. And cool. it looks like the pyramid opens up because at one point in the video, it's like all the, all where the, all the stairs are becomes like a black hole. And it looks like the pyramid opens up. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And then you move on to another part of, of the ruins where there's a, like a big patio with, uh, surrounded by four by four stone walls and they project you know one of the legends on those on three of those walls and you know the the projection the projection moves alongside all the three walls which is absolutely astounding to see you know the mix of the the ancient culture with new technology it's hmm. it's something that that has to be experienced to be to be believed then we went to a place called Tizal, where, I don't know, probably you can walk from the, from, from the shore inside this, the sea, because, you know, it's, it's the, the edge of the Gulf of Mexico, so it's, you know, outwards to the sea, about, I don't know, about a mile, and you can only get your, the water about your chest, your, your chest height. So wow. there's some um, banks of sand. Because because the, because the water is so shallow, there's some banks of sand that get formed along that stretch of, you know, roughly about a mile. So what they do is that they take a boat with chairs and with a little table, and they make a picnic right in the middle of the freaking ocean on one of those banks of sand, <laughs> which, which, cool. is, which is really, really cool. So you know, there's, 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 there. I, to be honest with you guys, I, I, uh, I had a, I had an amazing time. You know, the family that that we were with just took us from one place to another. We went to uh, to two cenotes. You know, cenotes, cenotes, as I said, are these uh, natural formations of uh, kind of like quarries, but usually on a perfect circle. We went to two. One of them was covered. Uh, well, was partly covered, kind of like a big hole on the top. So we went there about noon and the light was shining and then there was uh, water dripping and it looked like a dream. It looked like, I don't know, like a little cascade all lit up with the sun. It looked fantastic. But then the other one was completely underground and they set it up where they have these like blue lights on the bottom of the cenote. And the water is so crystal clear that everything, the whole cavern lights up blue. Beautiful. I mean, beautiful. They uh, they have a point in the tour where they ask you to just, everyone keep quiet and meditate for a couple minutes. And it's one of the most peaceful experiences I've had. You know, it's really cool. So, mm. you know, I I wasn't aware that, 
that, you know, there were so many cool things down there, to be honest with you. And uh, I had a blast. I really wanted to share this with you guys because I'm I'm still in awe of how much we were able to accomplish in relatively short amount of time. And, you know, around that area, uh, just so many things to experience, you know, relatively close nearby. You know, we never drove more than, I think, an hour and a half to each of the places that we visited. So, um, you know, I I will I will I will thought that Cancun was like the very best thing that you could visit, you know, on that side of Mexico. And boy, was I wrong. You know, there's there's so many cool things to to visit there that that are really astounding and, and are really amazing to see. So if anyone has the opportunity to go to go, I I highly recommend it because there's it's just mind boggling, you know, to see those types of things. Just be pre be prepared for it to be brutally hot. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. It is brutally hot. It is brutally hot. And it can also get, you know, this time of the year is also the rainy season. So we had a couple of rains that rivaled hurricanes. <laughs> they lasted for like 10 minutes, but they were enough to, you know, start tumbling down some small trees and creating a little bit of havoc. So, so yeah, you know, overall it was... Uh, it, it 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 was you know very extreme in you know weather wise because it was either brutally hot or brutally humid or brutally rainy and windy and where you if it caught you driving you could literally see nothing on on the highway but boy was it worth it you know because because there's it's it's so amazing to see you know things that happened so long ago that were so technologically advanced and to see some other you know just wonders of nature that i never thought that would be possible or that i had i would have the opportunity to visit so so yeah i mean it's it's amazing and i'll share share some pictures with you guys eventually um i've shared some on some on instagram and i'll and i'll try to share as much as possible because although you know of course pictures don't do it justice but but there's so much amazing things that that I wanted to share, you know, from that trip because it was truly one of the probably one of the best trips that I've done in my life that I'll I'll remember for a good time. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, so so no helis other than um today I was sharing with you guys some pictures that I took with my camera, you know, on, I undusted and uh a, my camera and went out. It was a nice sunny weather. So I went out to the backyard put a couple of the helis, the 500 and 570, and took some nice pictures and played around, you know, with a little bit of the leveling and a little bit of the photo editing. But, um, you know, other than that, I've, you know, I'm just waiting. I have my list of, uh, I've broken up the uh, the parts that I need for the raw into smaller chunks to see if I can, if, if I can, you know, start making small purchases of parts. Instead of one big chunk of uh, purchase next year, you know, with tax return money, which is the plan. But I hope to, you know, start piecing away at it so that uh, that chunk of money is less next year. And I can actually advance a little bit on the raw and so that it starts looking more like a helicopter. Although, you know, right now it, it actually looks like a helicopter, how I have it mounted. But I still have to, you know, do a lot of work on it. And of course, all the electronics are, are missing as well. But, uh, you know, but at least I, I have the list and I've, I've figured out every single part that I need. I've tallied everything and I'm still deciding 
whether I wanted to go three blade or two blade. I think I'm leaning towards the three blade, which is a little bit more expensive. But I think that I should honor the model. You know, it's a KSE row after all, so I should honor the model with the original setup of the of the three blades and rebuild it that way. But I have both budgets on my spreadsheet to to see, you know, in the end what what I'll end up deciding. Um, right now, the first small purchases that I plan to do are for common parts. So I, there's still some time until I reach that decision point. So what kind of parts do you actually need for it now? What do I need for it? Yeah. Well, just uh, pieces here and there. You know, I need the like the tail hub that got bent. The well, if I decide on a on a on a three head, I need the the main head, the main head block. I need to change that. Uh, on the transmission, unfortunately, the transmission top, this the screw holes got capped, so I have to replace the, the top transmission portion. You know, and, and parts here and there, you know, I have, uh, it's it's not too bad. Uh, it's just that there's like three or four parts that are very expensive. But overall, it's not that big of uh, of parts, of part scans that I need, that I need to replace. Just that I need to replace that top transmission part, which is expensive. The head block, which is expensive. And the swash plate, which is expensive. Although, I was thinking, I found, I found on an internet search... Uh, a, a site that sold the swash plate that had the actual measurements of the bearings because the, sw- the swash plate is fine what's damaged is the bearings so i actually opened it up and it has two bearings and i already know the uh, the dimensions of the bearings and i went to rcbearings.com and i found the bearings so i might just repair the swash plate and, and avoid that cost and that's also one of the things that I'm that makes me lean towards the the three blade because if I go to a two blade I would need to buy a different swash because the swash is different between the three blade and the two and the two blade so so that one uh, I'm still seeing if I can if I can make that repair then that'll make the decision a little bit easier on the three blades but you know uh, other than that you know, there's not many parts, you know, parts here and there, you know, the anti-rotation piece. But, you know, other than that, it's very small pieces here and there. Those, It's just that those are like big ticket items that, that I need to replace. So did it come to you with the three-bladed stuff or did it come to you with the two-blade stuff? With the three-blade. So I have everything for okay. the three-blade. You know, I have the spindles. You know, I have everything. Ex- the only thing that I need to replace is the, is the head block, but it's a $78 head block. Mm-hmm. So that's why... That's why that's why I you know when I went you know the the two the two blade head is much cheaper and since I have to replace it anyways, even adding the cost of a spindle and a few parts that I need to convert it to um, to two blade, it's still a little bit less expensive and of course the cost of the blades, but you know it's less than a hundred dollars difference between the two. But I'll probably save quite a bit if I just repair those bearings, so I'll probably do that. Well, as long as the arms on the swash plate are straight still, then I would say, yeah, just buy the new bearings. That'd be that'd be the way to go, I think. If I was doing that, I think that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I that I that I screwed up was the head block. I I should have saved it, and and that was that was stupid on my part. And oh, you threw it uh, out I, I I I keep hitting myself on the head. It was well. It's just that that the head block. The only thing wrong with it was that that it had one capped screw. 
you know, the, 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 the head of the bolt broke off on the crash. Mm. So, so I, I drilled the, the, that, that thing out. And I probably should have just left it there because it's just a pin. It basically, the only thing that it does is that it holds the, the spindle kind of like, kind of like how you hold the flat on, on a tail shaft. It works kind of like that way. You know, it has two flats on each side for the, for the, for the spindle and you, and it holds those down with bolts. So I probably could have just left that in there. I mean, and that would have been fine, but I wanted to check the spindle for possible damage. If, to see if it was bent or something. Oh, yeah. But in the end, it was fine. So I could have saved that part, thinking, you know, thinking about it, you know, in retrospect. But now I have to, now I have to replace it. So that cool. was a stupid, stupid part on my side. But oh well, which would have I, made the decision to keep it on three blade, you know, far easier because that's a very expensive part. But oh, I think well. you were smart to pull that shaft out to make sure, see whether it was straight or not, because that's one thing I'm dreading on my on my scale helicopter it's a five blade head that i have on that thing right and the it's a rope well it's a it's a franken head made out of a whole whack of different parts of uh, heads but the main block is a roban one and i've already tried removing some of those screws before and did not have very good success so i'm not looking forward to going and pulling all that stuff out and i may end up having to go and switch it back to a two blade head just because of all the garbage screws and, and bs that's on that head so but i think you, you're you know as much as it's a pain and you you know you ended up going and wrecking things like that i think you're probably smart to go and take that off anyways and check those shafts that's my opinion yeah 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 thanks thanks uh because yeah i felt i felt really bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> i had made a big screw up but but yeah i mean it it happens and uh, you know it i i knew it was going to be a big project anyways so you don't want to risk that. I mean, otherwise, what what happens? You go buy all the parts, and then you find out that one shaft is slightly bent, and your tracking is way off, and it vibrates yes. and all kinds of yeah. other BS. Yeah, right? that's that's a good point. And then <laughs> you would have had point. to buy a bunch of those, bunch more parts, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So, so yeah. So slowly but surely, that thing will 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 get back on its on its feet to to be flown next year for sure, and have the fleet ready. So I'll. Uh, I'll gear up to make my return next year when uh, when I can get that that one that big bad boy flying. You know, you only got a few months left in this year to, for till next year, right? Yeah, yeah, I know it's going fast. It's going <laughs> fast, so that's uh, that's encouraging that it's going fast and that time is getting closer. And uh, you know, when I turn around and I see that it's uh, that you know I have to start filing my taxes, it's going to be time to start making some orders. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say January 1st, you got to be flying. Oh, no, not yet. No, I have to wait until my tax return money comes so that I can actually fund the purchase of the parts. I don't know. I'm hearing excuses. What about you, Frank? You know, I've known Javier long enough, and this is just part of his process. You know, he plans <laughs> this stuff up methodically. And, you know, I'm I'm the asshole at ordering parts at the field. Because I don't know if I, I don't know if I have it at home, and then when I get home, I have like ten of them. So yeah, yeah, it's, I've done that's, that. That's that's what I do. That's like that's a perfect. I've thing. done that. Yeah, I've done that. I'll be phoning up my phoning them up on my way home. Manny, I need this part, this part, this part. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah. so it goes. 
So that's 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 it for me, guys. I don't have any any more updates. Uh, any more from you guys? No, I'm I'm good. I think I'm good too. Awesome. Alrighty, alrighty. So I think it was good. You know, um, I got to uh, to get out of my chest that uh, wonderful trip, and uh, I got to learn, you know, the wonders of of Urcha when I didn't go. Which is, I'm I'm bummed because. <sighs> You know, I'm you looking know, at my at my shelf, and I have three pins. And I and I said, you know, when I get the first pin of my first Urcha, you know, I'm gonna keep on having one pin for each year because I'm gonna keep going year after year. And I've already broken that, so I'm bummed about that. But at least you know, I got to get that story. That that makes me remind reminds me, you're how far away from Urcha? Four hours, roughly. And you didn't go. Yes, I didn't go. I know. You didn't even go just to go and say hi to Frank. Well, I, you know, I'm not that important. I'm not that important, honestly. <laughs> well, it's just that you know, going all going that way and not and not flying would be a crime. Well, hold on. There's an awful lot of other people there. You sure you wouldn't have been wouldn't have been able to fly anything? No, because I I didn't even pay my AMA, so I wouldn't have have been able to register for the, for the jamboree. I would have had to pay my AMA. So pay, nobody could have uh, buddy boxed you. I can't. I I can't. I think if I if I don't have AMA, they wouldn't let you, they wouldn't let you register. Yeah, I can't fly. I mean, I would be rogue. Even and, still, you should have at least gone to be sociable. I don't know about this. I'll you know, I'll try. To, I'll try this. Spread the, help spread help Frank spread the good word of the podcast. Well, Frank is a is a really good representative of the podcast. Well, He's manager of a whole bunch of, and of teams and it. very involved in the hobby. So, Frank is a busy guy. He's a he's he's managing teams. He's repping he's, all these he's other busy things. Promoting the hobby, he's yes. Busy, but he's so also promoting indirectly skids who, up. We also need somebody who's just focuses on skids up. Well, there's there's one that lives in Canada that I'm sure that, you know, is very well known also on the hobby industry and on Friday nights, you know, and he would also be a very good representative of the podcast. Maybe next year. And I think that he said if... that he might have, he might go to Urcha, but he didn't go in the end. Yeah, not with the absolutely idiotic rules that my government is putting in place. Not going to happen. Yeah. You see, if we all have valid for, excuses. If it wasn't for my government, I would have gone. Yeah, well, if it wasn't for my lack of funds on my bank account, I would have gone as well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right. I think uh, we've, we've hit the point where I'm tired and I want to go to bed and we're just rambling now. So yep. yes, let's, yes. Uh, let's call it done. Let's call Sounds it a good. day. So thank you very much, guys, for uh, listening. Even if uh, a couple of you st- stuck with us this far, uh, appreciate it. And hopefully we can get back to you next time. Sounds good. See you all. See you guys. See ya.
bloopers and outtakes, bloopers and outtakes. And there was much rejoicing. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it's a little bit too high. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't change them. It seems like they changed because they're very high. So I'm going to have to bring it down. Uh, a tad there, a little bit more, a little bit more. Beautiful. You know, like uh, Italian cars, you know, kind of like that type of, of design. See, I don't think they look like that at all. Uh, I do, I do. I don't think they look at all like that to me. Like for me, an Italian car, think of Lamborghini. And there's all the angular shapes and 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 whatnot, and and it's a bit mostly one solid color, and you know that to me is Italian design. I'm, okay. I'm not a big fan of how Ferraris look. Oh, I see Frank is typing something. Give him ten minutes. Okay. Okay. Oh. I guess we can do 10 minutes. He's on the clock. Yes. I have a I I have a, a traveling with Javier segment, a fishing with Javier segment. <laughs> You know what I noticed? We're not very funny. We're not? We're not very funny. No. We don't have a lot of good outtakes that, you know, to keep people. Oh, up. yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> I think that we're... we're a boring group. <laughs> no. No. I think that we're we're consistently funny, not like <laughs> irreverently funny. No, we're just plain boring. <laughs> <laughs> There's no major screw-ups. Yeah. There's nothing, you know, no making fun of each other. We were just plain boring. Oh, well, just, it's, it's just helly talk. <laughs> and, and more stuff. So now, now we're, we, um, we have to enrich our podcast with more. Oh, it's been more than 10 minutes. That's it. He's fired. <laughs> uh, oh, there he is. Right on time. No, he's. Hey. He, he said 10 minutes, it's been 13. Hey, Here's gentlemen. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad we're here. I completely forgot about this, too. Once I saw oh. the, the, the Discord, I'm like, ooh. I'm it. wondering about that. And then, of course, your, your chair was still pretty squeaky, but. <laughs> but hey, so on um, the good thing is I finally ponied up and bought a new chair. Ooh. This one, this one only makes a little bit of noise. And, you know, I'm moving around. I'm Ooh. moving around pretty ridiculous, really, really shaking my ass right now, and it's making no noise. So. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna be honest, dude. We're all. Hard. I mean, everybody. 
everybody's amateur hour when Dan showed back up and just dropped his, <laughs> dropped his freaking elephant hog on all of us. And he's like, you amateurs. And, <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I'm like, I can't really talk any shit, dude. This, this is the kind of guy that we all tried to copy when we first started one way or another. So uh, pretty excited about that. I don't know if he started talking about it. Right? Well, should we go get started, Javier? Yep, I thought we did. I thought we did already. No, we haven't actually. We have. We haven't actually started. We haven't actually given the intro. No. Oh, I thought you guys started without me. No, no, no. We got everything recording. We just haven't actually. You know, we got to record the outtakes too, right? <laughs>